podcasting from inside the stash. I'm Jenny. I'm Nicole. And this is Stash and Burn. Hello! Hello! <laughs> it's a bi-monthly uh, recording day. Yeah, we can consider it like a quarterly a quarterly. <laughs> quarterly event for us to podcast. Um, but we're, we're seeing each other, but we just have been like doing other social things. Yes, which is good. Yay! Being in the world. <laughs> um, so yeah, I think that Jenny living in the East Bay has definitely increased the amount that we can see each other. It's just whether or not we are unencumbered by children and have yes. a microphone nearby. <laughs> yeah, or like not totally exhausted. Yes, that <laughs> is another factor. I, you know, we um, often talk about different um, factors in our life, but um, we also, our careers are so different from when we started this podcast. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I feel like we used to just be so carefree. I know. We just keep adding responsibilities. (laughs) I know. I just want to knit. I guess it's a sign of middle age. Yeah. It's true. So um, it's been so long. I don't really remember even what, what we I was were working, working on or what was happening. Like, had I finished the sweater that I'm wearing? I don't know, but let's talk about your sweater again because I, it's awesome. It is a great sweater. The Long Sands Cardigan by Amy Christophers. I knit it in Elemental Effects Cormo, maybe the best braid yarn ever. Like, it's it's got a it's uh, denseness. Um, it's uh, it pills, but like in a way that is manageable. Like I haven't shaved the sweater. It's got the stitch a little, definition is still really is, yeah amazing. Distinct. Um, this color I last week was wearing this and walking down uh, the shopping area in Berkeley, and this woman saw me. She was like, "I love your sweater. That color's fantastic." She yelled from across the street. I was like, "Oh, thanks!" And then we saw each other going the other way. She's like, "Hey." Oh my, like, oh my gosh. So I was like, and then I had to stop. I was like, oh, I actually made this sweater. She's like, oh my God, which maybe is not something you should say to people because she immediately wanted to know if you if, could make her one. Not the sweater, but she had this ear flap hat that was crocheted and she can find them where the ear flap gets crocheted on, but she wanted it to be a smooth shape. And did I know how to do that? To which I said, oh, no. Which I don't, but I'm like, I really don't. And then I referred her to the woman who runs Black Squirrel because she is a crocheter and has, in fact, mentioned how quick, quick she can crochet. So I'm like, yeah, she could probably use it. Like, she's sitting at work. She could whip up a hat and make money off of this woman who's accosting me on the streets of Berkeley. I know. That's crazy. Um, <laughs> so it's, it is the go-to. This sweater is the go-to thing I have. And I immediately thought what else can I make that is just like this and it makes sense right the campus jacket was the thing I wore the most before but it's like your overcoat for the winter it is yeah it's not something I can casually wear except for the time that I wore it at work when the furnace broke and I was just freezing and wearing three layers of wool but this is you know about low hip waist it's not like super long it's got a nice texture goes over everything goes over everything it works with a lot of different colors no closures no closures which yeah you know it's interesting yesterday because it was saint patrick's day so we're recording on march 18th i wore my acer cardigan because it's green and i was really actually baffled that i didn't have anything else that was distinctly green in my wardrobe this is green yes I mean, in this light, it's green. In this light, it's green. But some people have said that it's yellow. One woman, it's called a gold. Like, people call it all these different it's colors. It's kind of a green gold. It's hazel. It's the hazel of yarn, right? Like, <laughs> <laughs> but it, um, I kept that open, the Acer cardigan. Um, but it, that is more of a closure cardigan. And I think I'm back to the open front cardigan. The, 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 <laughs> Thing that we talked about so much at one period of our podcast. Well, I feel like we went three button cardigan. We did the three button cardigan, then the open front, open front cardigan, and then the button set in sleeve cardigan. And now the thing you like is 
Oh, I'm just obsessed with pullovers. Right, everything's a pullover. It's like either a pullover for me or a short sleeve t-shirt like sweater. Mm-hmm. Because the most recent pullover you made is it the color blocked dye for wool sweater? I I don't remember the order of. Oh no! I think that you I made, made that, and then you made the El Grande Favorito. Right, that is the best sweater. And now you are making something that is epic. Yes, I got um, the Find Your Fade gradient set from Old Rusted Chair, our friend Lauren on Etsy. Um, She's Old Rusted Chair on Etsy, not yes. our friend Lauren on Etsy. Right? No, no, no. Yes. <laughs> just, She's our friend Lauren, who has an Etsy shop <laughs> called Old Rusted Chair. Um, so you should check it out because it's really beautiful yarn. So I got the gradient, and it's like I got it's twenty two hundred yards of yarn, and I was like, "There's no way a shawl is going to use up that much yarn." Mm-hmm. I'm like, I should make a sweater out of this yarn, but it seemed like a lot of yardage even for a sweater. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, "But if I double it, um, and." create these gradient stripes then I can hold one strand of each color together to blend it before switching to like doubling Mm -hmm. the color and that would be really easy to manage Mm -hmm. and so I am done with the body I'm using the Heidi Kiermeyer after the rain as a template but Mm -hmm. I did doing it in like a broken rib to kind of highlight the the variegation in speckles um I just have to do the sleeves. So how do you feel about the last I saw you, you had just gotten a little bit more of Lauren's yarn because you were worried about the sleeves. So since then, I have not worked on it. I have, like, I divided the little balls that I had left because mm-hmm. now I'm worried that doubling um, used too much yarn. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not going to have enough. Right. So I think that the sleeves are going to have thinner gradient stripes, and they're going to have a long section of the darkest color at the bottom. Okay. Because are you going to use that that skein of bijou that you got? Yeah. That's what, yeah. yeah. Hey, I mean, at that point you will have, because what do you think it's knitted up at a DK? Yeah. So 1,100 yards at DK is probably a little short, but then now you have, thir- I mean, because you have to cut the number in half, so yeah. that's more like 1,300 yards. Well, yeah, right. yeah, exactly. Hmm. We'll see. It's fun. I still have it's some. Exciting. Like, I still have a lot of the first color, the light gray, because since I used it at right. the top of the yoke, right. it didn't use up that much yarn. So I could kind of knit a ribbing and pretend like it's a three quarter length, and then pick up underneath the ribbing and mm-hmm. knit like a, a, a under sleeve with the light gray. It's you like all even, of Hugo's t-shirts are like that. They're like, right. I'm and short sleeves. Do, no, I'm no, sleeves. JK, I'm <laughs> sleeves. I know. <laughs> and would you do that layer in one? Yeah. I'm yeah, that would be cool. That I mean, that would almost be worth trying just to see if you liked it. Yeah. I, I mean, if you ran out of yarn, I would definitely give that a try because that could look interesting. Yeah. I like that idea. So I have a workaround, but I haven't like actually started because it's a big mass of knitting now and so it's not the most convenient for my commute so what are you taking on your commute now socks socks i um so i knit my your leia socks. socks yes they're finished they're so pretty and i cast on with the skein of yarn i got from black squirrel mm-hmm. that was um, a dyer called Knox yarns mm-hmm. and um, Knox like knock on the door it's like n-o-x oh, okay and um it's a colorway called Cheering Charm, and I couldn't yeah. resist the Harry Potter reference. Yeah. So, and it was really pretty. It's like this, like kind of sea foamy, bluish aqua with like speckles of pink mm. and green and blue. And um, mm-hmm. it sounds so very cheering. I am almost done with those socks. I'm kind of on socks now, like I because they're the perfect commute project. They really are. And, like, it's nice because you're like, oh, I'm actually going to finish this. It's not, like, something that it's going to take you months to finish, mm-hmm. so. Unless you're me and you knit one sock. Or but lots of people. It's not just me. Yeah. You knit one sock and then the other sock. Just sort of. Unless you have a deadline, like I did with my mom's birthday. And I was like, I'm going to get this done by her birthday if it's the last thing I do. Or my brother I knit him socks for 
his birthday, and I was like, it's going to happen. Um, I feel like socks are the one item that I can knit standing up while trying to balance mm-hmm, on, on, Bart. on any kind any of train. transit. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I'm kind of stuck on it's this. It's true. You you are less likely to stab your neighbor because it's it, the circumference. Like, I'm knitting something right now where the circumference starts out pretty wide. And I think the stabbing possibilities are higher than, like, a nice pair of socks that you can keep And close. it's, like, it's not really long and heavy. It's not going to, like... Plus, it blows your the your fellow commuters' minds. Like, several people, especially knitting socks, really attracts people to ask you what you're doing because the size and shape seem... Because I think no one expects that someone knits actually knit socks so when they see <laughs> that you're knitting something that is an odd shape and it's small they're like is that a sleeve of a sweater what is that i'm like no it's socks I'm like hold them up and they're, they're like, like what <laughs> <laughs> i also have these like gigantic red headphones on <laughs> and so if people are talking to me i have no idea like I, I just really can't hear anything when I'm wearing these headphones. They're like, I don't know if they're noise canceling, but they're, they really, and they're really warm. Like as far as earmuffs go, they're like nice and toasty. Um, and sometimes people are like waving and like pointing and I'm like, yeah, yeah I don't take off my headphones. I wear earbuds. So I think a lot of people don't realize I have them in mm-hmm. and will just start talking. I mean, I usually am like struggling to get it out to here <laughs> because I'm so polite. And the other day, it's very polite. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, what? I'm so, I love your shoes. And then once I've had my, my earbuds out, I feel like a little compelled to say more than like, yeah. oh, thanks, and then put my... Yeah, it does seem kind of antisocial to you know put them back on. And right, not, right away, yeah, without saying, you know, converse. this is the brand of the, brand of the shoe. And then I've been really selling hard. This, the, you know, the Actually, my boots are the same brand. Those red shoes that I have. Oh, I have to get some of those. So, everyone, they're called Arco. Pedico, A-R-C-O-P-E-D-I-C-O, and they are uh, fabric shoes. They're washable. You take the insole out and toss it. Do you them run in laundry. those? No. They're okay, just, okay, okay. No, but they're so comfy, and the booties that I have are like slippers. It's basically like wearing slippers. They're amazing, um, and they're soft. Uh, they are flats, which is something I've had to get used to because I've worn clogs for so long, which gave me a little more height. Everybody's now readjusted to how short I am. Aww. All my colleagues are like, whoa, <laughs> you are short. Yes, I always have been. <laughs> so um, I, my commute and pretty much everything project for the last few months, a couple of months now has been the Polygon Blanket by Tin Can Knits. Mm. And it is a series of hexagons that you knit um, in a garter stitch, but you knit them in the round, so it's garter stitch in the round, so you're still knitting and purling. So, so you're you, going from the outside to the yes, center. Yes, which is is really great, except for the, and now that I now that I have it down, I know how much to like pull out for the cast on once I got into the rhythm of that. Um, and only two times so far have I twisted the cast on and had to start over, so I am... Um, it's kind of like casting on for a hat and immediately making the crown. It. Yeah. <laughs> so they go really quickly. And I I don't often knit more than one in a day, but I, I usually... But the f- fact that you can finish one in a day is pretty awesome. Yes. Yeah, so usually what ends up happening is I finish one on my morning commute, cast on a new one, and knit it through the evening, and then finish that one in, in the next morning. So I, I don't know why I'm not in the rhythm of starting and finishing on the same day. But I, it is a combination of old yarn and new yarn that I'm using. It's DK weight yarn. And I had, I had been thinking about doing color work and making some color work hats. And I had a skein of Fathom, um, Valentosh DK and Fathom. I had the airport hot sauce. Oh, did you uh, use all those? I have used both of those so far. Then I had gotten some more Mad Tosh that I thought I was going to use for, um, color work celadon and mineral and i started I, I looked for a pattern there was a pattern i really liked but i realized i just the brain space was just not happening we'll talk about brain space and other projects in, in, in a moment but um this was the perfect project just it's 
knit a row, purl a row, and on the purl rounds are where you do your decreases. So you're aware of that. It makes a nice ridge. They look kind of like starfish um, before they're blocked. Actually, I haven't blocked any of them out. But I have knit... And Probably. when you have them in a pile, yeah. they're so nice to they're look so at. They're so cheerful. <laughs> if you follow uh, Sash and Burn on, on Instagram, you there are a few photos of them. Um, and, and I have like a few different blue-greens. And then um, recently purchased some yarn from, from Lauren. Uh, and I got this color is called Dreamer's Ball. It's a magenta. It's really pretty. Did you say like a... It's, yeah. It's a very pink towards magenta and then um i asked her to dye a green for me because I, I didn't really have that much green i had a few squares it's been nice because i've also used leftovers so i had some leftover of krista's yarn uh that i picture uh, studios that i have made a few hexagons from and i don't know like a random ball tiny ball of mad tosh in duchess that's thrown in there. I'm thinking I might use, I have a skein of firecracker. Mm. So I might incorporate those as well. So I can get firecracker might really tie the whole thing together. Right? Yeah. That's what I was thinking. Then it would, it could really be an interesting. Cause it's kind of like a it. black neutral with like the pops of different color. Yeah. So I, I don't have any other speckled yarns in it. They're all mostly semi-solid. So I have mineral, which is blue green celadon, which is a light blue, Blue green, mm-hmm. fathom, which is bright blue. Oh, I have two uh, airport hot sauce, and then I have blood run. It's cold, which is a mad tosh, and it's more of a true red. And I have a skein of candle wick that I had the end of, and I used that in I think the project that it was, which is a beautiful hat that fit really poorly. I think I'm going to frog and use in polygon. So, and, are you like halfway at this point? I would say I have about 46 to 50 polygons. The, the size I had aimed for originally requires 72, mm-hmm. but I think I, it, I'm going to lay it all out and see how big it is. I also, because of some of my negative experiences with Matosh and the bleeding issues, have decided to take uh, each pile of the Matosh and yeah. set it separately before I start sewing them together. Right. Especially the red, I feel like, has a real tendency. But her blues, too. I mean, it's that, that sweater that I knit in ink that bleeds every time I wash it still. That's crazy. It's insane. That sweater is older than my child, or as old <laughs> as my child, right? Like, yeah. that sweater, seven-year-old sweater, should not be leaking uh, die that way. It should not. So I'm going to figure out a way to set. I don't know what that is. Maybe I'm, I'll probably buy some citric acid and do it as professionally as I can figure. <laughs> um, it'll Apparently be you it. need stainless steel pot that you don't plan on using. I have one okay. of those. Great. I use that you've for been my, doing dyeing. I, yes, I okay. use it for my other dyeing. So hopefully that won't be a problem. Yeah. So we have been talking about what we are knitting or have knitted, but I think we are in major planning mode as well. Yes. Last weekend we took a walk around Lake Merritt, the lake in downtownish Oakland. It covers covers three miles of Oakland. So, um, and it was warm. It was a beautiful day. It was such a beautiful day that uh, it really uh, started the t-shirt talk again and the linen. <laughs> Uh, it made me think about the lace weight linen that I still had in my stash from last summer and some of your projects that are in progress, right? Yeah, I'm still that, that t-shirt that I started by Quinna Lee. Mm-hmm. I still have not really touched since I worked on it last year. And that was, that was a pattern from Nitpicks, a Nitpicks collection. Yeah. And it, you're using Lindy chain. I am. And I love knitting with Lindy chain. Mm-hmm. Um, it, the fabric feels really nice. It's not really hard on your hands. It's not super stiff. It's very supple because of the chainette construction. Mm-hmm. Um, What's the gauge? Um, It's like a DK sport. Okay. Actually, I think it, it advertises itself as a fingering. But it... But huh. I'm knitting it a little looser, I guess. I'm, yeah, I was wondering because um, Ellen texted this morning with mm-hmm. an idea that for using some Lindy chain, I think, as well. Mm-hmm. 
Um, she didn't specify. She said a cotton linen blend. Oh, I see. Who uh, knows what that yarn is? <laughs> Mystery. <laughs> um, yes, and she was thinking about knitting either. It was something she had knit before or this new pattern by da, 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 Amy Christopher's. Which is so cute. It's so cute. And it is knit, I think, at 24, at a think kind of like a in-between. I don't know. I feel like 24 stitches over four is not sport, and it's not. I guess it's sport. No, it is sport. It's, it's sport. sport. It's sport. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, of course, immediately looked at that and was like, oh, can I, um, can I double that lace weight yarn and, um, and get a sport weight? Yeah, definitely. And of course I have two different, I believe it's called Odell. Is that right? Oh, yeah. Um, so it's a very, like a kind of a slouchy V-necked. Um, Odell with one L. Um, uh-huh. And it is knit in a Barocco, Barocco Mykonos. The gauge is 24. The gauge is 24. And that is a linen, nylon, and very small amount of cotton. Um, it's, a, it's very cute. I feel like that yarn, Lindy Chain, and... Um Chickadee or whatever the um Yeah, it's not chickadee. Chickadee is a, a wool, but a, yes, that one not Kestrel. Sparrow? Possibly. Kestrel's the Aaron Waite um Quince and Company is what you're thinking of, right? right Quince right, and Company right, right. uh linen that they have. I also think the um the that Shibui has a couple of yarns that could work in that as well. If I did that, I would ha- I would do a color block version because I have these bright colors. I have this highlighter pink and a turquoise. And I actually have some yellow left over from the, um, oh, what was that cardigan called? Uh, I called it a gold medal. <laughs> it's a Hannah Fettig. Hannah Fettig? Is it in your Ravelry? It is in my Ravelry. There's not an FO picture of it, of course. Um, there's just a sad, in-progress lump of yellow linen. I actually wore it the other day when the weather was really lovely. I actually, it was the day that I got dressed to go to work, and then Adrian was sick, and so I stayed home. I intended on wearing it. <laughs> um, gold, oh, lineal. It's the lineal sweater. So I have um, a fair amount of yarn left over from that. So that um how do you like that design? You know, I think that raglan sweaters fall off my shoulders. I don't think that. That is my experience with a raglan um which is why I mostly knit things that are set in sleeve. Yeah, your shoulders are more narrow. They are very narrow and raglan just doesn't work for me. So I um So I what s- about like the drop, the drop shoulder that is like everywhere now? Would that work? Um have you tried a drop? Like I haven't. You know, I had started um, the Markley. Markley sweater and um, got very confused at German short rows and stopped <laughs> um, a year ago. But I, um, I have an, a sweater that I'm hoping to start. So I swatched for the Whippet sweater by Anka Strike, I believe mm. is how you say it. And it is a contiguous uh, sleeve construction, open front cardigan that has a fair some uh, has a lace pattern from sort of the after you get through the contiguous part. It's there's this uh, lace on the bottom. I didn't realize there was lace on the bottom. Yeah, it's really pretty, and it is. It might actually. It almost looks like a coin cable lace. I I haven't really read the pattern that well. I meant to bring the pattern. Because, of course, I was super excited, texted everybody, woohoo, I got Gage on right. my first try for the sweater. And I did get Gage, but I did not get Gage using the needles that she recommends. And then th- then I started to get really confused about the oh, choices to make Yeah. Um, after that. So the yarn I'm using is Mad Tosh Sock in Robin Redbreast, which is a really lovely reddish brown brown no like it's red but it has brown undertones um so in my world that's a neutral um much like this uh, hazel colored sweater i'm wearing this is about as neutral as i get 
But so there are recommendations to use three different size needles. So as you're looking at the pattern, the stockinette is supposed to be 24 stitches over four inches um, and 32 rows. So I got 24 stitches and 30 rows, which is unusual for me to not have a more compacted um, row gauge, but I'm going with it. But when I finally, so I did the gauge thinking that that was what I was supposed to get using the US-4, is that I was supposed to get that stockinette gauge. But really, I was supposed to get the stockinette gauge using the middle size needle. Really? So the middle size needle is for the... So does that mean you use like a 4, 5, and 6? No, because the smallest needle is for the collar. So I still need to go down for the collar. Right. And I should go up for the lace, theoretically. But the way this that she has written it, you go up half a millimeter per per needle, right? So the middle is a three millimeter, and then a 2.5 on one side and a 3.5 on the other side. Mm-hmm. But my inclination would be to go down a quarter of a millimeter because that's sort of the up and down. Mm-hmm. So I, th- I think I'm gonna, I'm going to go ahead and knit the stockinette portion in the 3.5 millimeter but should i go down a full half millimeter and go i i can't imagine going up to a us6 to get that lace i feel like that would get really distorted Mm -hmm. compared to my stockinette right i'm inclined to actually stick with the four for the lace so unusual because i feel like you're gonna open up yeah because i feel like you're you're like a little, little bit of a looser knitter and so i think that you would need smaller needles to get gauge that's weird I mean, maybe she's even a tighter knitter. I should probably look at some finished projects. But when I started to read the pattern last night, I literally was like, oh, no, what? Um, I also, I need to give myself some more time. It is fully written out. It doesn't need, I mean, the lace pattern is very, it's four rows. I I can do it written out, but... I'm just so like, what is this with me and my luck? You know, and so literally last night after I saw that and I was thought about all the thinking I might have to do, I started to look for more different patterns that would fit my gauge. And there are lots of cute patterns that fit mm-hmm. my that gauge, but I really love this sweater. I really love this look and I feel like it is very a very close approximation to what I'm wearing right now. The it's long so sands. wearable in is a lighter it, gauge. Right? Like it's the perfect uh, summer transition sweater. summer sweater like late spring into early fall sweater. Um, and some of the, the details are really cute, the way there are these eyelets that run down the sleeves. It more or less seems like it's going to fit like a set in sw- a sweater and not a raglan. What yarn are you using again? Madtosh sock. Okay. And it could be that my gauge is a little different because of the... because of the... that I'm using a traditional sock yarn that has nylon in it. And I think she uses something that's a pure wool. 50, no, it's 50 cotton, 50 wool. Oh, well, that could really account for the gauge issues. And, in fact, that makes me feel comfortable because then I think that would explain why you'd want to go down a half a millimeter and up a half a millimeter because although the up, I still don't really understand going up for the lace part. That feels like a personal gauge issue more than how I would write, want a pattern written. Yeah, I mean, I don't think... Sh- does the pattern decrease the number of stitches once you once you get to the lace portion? I um, will look. And then go up in needle size? That does I mean, unless it needs to for the pattern, I don't see why that would make a lot of sense. Although last summer when I made the Zenone um pullover uh, t shirt, I had to do a, all kinds of math to get my lace and my stockinette to match. Because my stockinette was big, but that was a linen yarn, you know, a linen cotton silk yarn. Like mm-hmm. the composition, I think, really is going to affect that. So I think now talking it out, I'm more comfortable. I think I will do the stockinette portion of the sweater, and I might, in the meantime, knit a swatch of the lace just to see how well it matches up. And if anything, I feel like I would go down a needle size, not up a needle size. Yeah, I think we have to look at the pattern and see what happens at the lace. Because it doesn't, it certainly doesn't seem to get bigger. Because if you, if you go up a needle size, doesn't that widen the gauge? Or is this like one of those laces that pull in like a rib? I don't know. It's the, the lace does not, 
I didn't after I got past it or after I got to the depressing news. I didn't really pursue. I see how it, it does. Maybe look, it does pull in. It might pull in, and that's why you go up. But I feel like you could block it into shape. Yeah, the, any kind of lace, even if it pulls in, is very forgiving. So I think it will start, and then I will do a separate swatch and see how they compare, and just do a swatch of the same size. I think with a superwash nylon, it'll be a trick to not make make sure it's not too big, and that it doesn't shrink too small. <laughs> like because like if you just block it straight out of the wash, it's mm-hmm. going to stretch. Yes, but I've learned a lot of lessons about my blocking. Um, so for the swatch, the stockinette swatch, I washed it by hand, and then I um, I pinned it like a good knitter is supposed to do instead of what I often do, which is just throw it down on the blocking mat and <laughs> let's see what the universe brings. But I actually pulled it into shape, so I really squoze out water and then you know put the needles in at four inches so I got the gauge and it dried and stayed in that gauge like and that might be why I got a longer row gauge Hmm. because I I manipulated it so that the the knit gauge was more accurate yeah and I feel like you can't trust your row gauge on a swatch because there's nothing pulling it exactly Mm -hmm. But that's interesting. I still got a tighter, I mean, I got a looser row gauge than the pattern calls for. Um, so I need to be careful to not knit it too long. too long. I mean, that's, but since it's knit from the top down, like if ultimately it's too long, that's an easy enough thing to fix. Right. Um, anyway, as always, knitting a sweater cannot be a brainless, a simple. simple endeavor for me. I, I do not have the like great fortune that, or like I don't know, it's not even fortune. Like you just like trust the universe. Jenny's like, I'm just gonna cast on this many stitches. Look, this sweater fits just great. Well, I mean, I I do these top down patterns, and like I feel like you can adjust the size as you go. Mm-hmm. Um. And there isn't that much difference between the cast-on numbers between the different sizes. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, Absolutely. you know, I, like, knit a little bit, and I'm like, oh, this looks about right. Well, and that's the thing. like, the- But I have kind of, like, totally abandoned swatching. <laughs> <laughs> like, completely. <laughs> I feel like that's an inspiration. <laughs> I don't know. I like. I'm sure people are gasping for air, <laughs> now. but I'm like that. Is, I'm. It's an inspiration. I think the sweaters I choose often are fussier, uh, you know, because I like to have that mixture of textures. I mean, the thing about El Grand Favorito and your color block sweater, and even your Find Your Fade sweater, is you're sticking with one thing, right? Like, there's no changing yeah. up or doing in, and it's a pullover, so. And, like, they're all slightly oversized, Mm -hmm. and they're not, like, super fitted. There's, like, no tailoring, really. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just, like, knitting myself a series of sweatshirts. Um, Which you then proceed to wear all the time, so it's a smart move. (laughs) You're not wrong in what you're doing. Um, So... I hope to be inspired. I feel like there's something about the fingering weight sweater that's also intimidating to me because I started Markley last year and literally never got past the back yoke. That was it. Well, Markley has like a really high like investment in the very first third of the pattern. Mm-hmm. And it's like... I think this sweater has the same thing, which is what I appreciated about Long Sands because knitting something in pieces really gave me the choice. First of all, I started with the back, which is all stockinette, which maybe how the pattern was written, but it was also like a strategic move on my part to be like, yes, I'm just going to start in. So I'd seen a lot of progress before things got hard. Right. And then the fronts were relatively easy. The thing that didn't, the thing that like when it, it was, it wasn't until I got, 
like to the underarms and then started considering how much yarn I had and thinking about the sleeves that I started to get worried because the sleeves in Lux hands are also knit from the bottom up. So I didn't yeah. have the option. I could have tried to work the option of top down set and sleeve, right. but it has this, um, in the end of the sleeve has a detail that runs in the opposite direction. So it would have, I would have had to do a lot of refiguring of things, which seems to be what I do with most patterns anyway. So, but you squeaked it out. I squeaked it out. Do you, uh, did you have anything left over? I don't. I mean, yes, but because you negligible, like, you, you used your swatch. I used my yes. I used my swatch. I actually had to go back and re. Um, and it was I, I had knit part of it too long, so that was good. When I realized, oh, that's way too much for the collar extensions, I was able to get some yarn there. And I really thought I had to, had to knit the sleeves much longer than I ended up having to knit them. Because even though I like to have a long sleeve, mm-hmm. there's something about when you actually set in the sleeve, it's not the same. It's not the distance from the inside of your armpit. It's more like the distance from about an inch and a half right. down from there. Right. So that's, you know, a lot less that um, needed to be knit. So, cool. so uh, that's your plan. That is, uh, that is my plan right now. I, yeah. But um, I also brought over here to, if I finished this polygon, I was going to uh, possibly swatch with, doubled up with that linen to see what what kind of gauge that double linen got. Then I could start uh, stocking some t-shirt patterns as well. Yeah. I love this Isabella Kramer Quince & Company collection. Yeah, I love that fashion? whole collection. It's great. Um, I think it's probably different designers. Yeah. Oh, okay, it is. Um but there's like a... It's called Linen Noir. And it's everything's knit in Sparrow. Mm-hmm. Um, they're all really lovely patterns. But I love this boat neck dolman sleeve t-shirt with lace at the top. It's called Cullum. And at the bottom. Um, yes, I like the... Um, is it a Pam Allen's? What? Oh, that's that's sweet oh, as well. It's a little... shirt. The de, de Chine, which to me is a little too romantic for my style, but it's cute. And then this is totally up my alley. Mm-hmm. The Pam Allen it's is... drop sleeve, though. I know. I'd have to tr- finally commit to trying it. Uh, it's called Ray or Rhea? This one's in Kestrel. Oh, I'm hesitant of the Aaron Waite linen. linen. Yeah. I don't know why. Oh, one, I'll tell you, it's really expensive. Yeah. Seventy six yards per skein, and it's not it's not cheap. So even the smallest size needs takes nine. nine. Probably the size I would make would need ten. So I think part that's part of what has kept me away from Kestrel. I'm not sure anybody else is making an Aaron Waite linen uh, blend. So um, I think that's. Generally, what I've been thinking about and knitting, and I'm not spending a ton of time on Ravelry in part because my work is really busy and uh, things I do outside of work are really busy, the the work I do at Adrian's school. And then um, even though I didn't have a big sewing summer last year, my sewing mojo has come back to a a certain degree, I think because... um, I'm kind of getting it. I'm getting it. Jenny's catching it. (laughs) I think when I did the production sewing that I did over the last few months, that really like got me thinking how I could do stuff. So the first thing I did was I sewed out of pink fleece a ton of pussy hats for the Uh Women's March. Fifty-three or fifty-four of them, I think. In the end, oh my god, that's nuts! (laughs) And uh, I don't even have one for myself. I gave them all away. Wow! I gave some away after the Women's March. There's like a friend of Adrian has an older sister who felt really bummed that she didn't have a hat for the march. Um, and John had heard that through the grapevine, and he's like, do you think you could go give one of your hats to JoJo? And then a friend of my mom's contacted me and asked if I could give her two, and that was it. It was done. So um, that, and then I did a project where I made book bags. Um, In Adrian's classroom, they get sent home with readers, and the readers were being slipped into um, Ziploc bags and the Ziploc bags don't last. So she, his teacher would buy more Ziploc bags and they would break. And, um, I just thought, wouldn't it 
be just, could I just take a couple pieces of fabric, sew them together and put Velcro at the top and have the same concept of a Ziploc bag. And so that's what I did. I made 25 of those and um, put a little piece, like a small uh, piece of oil cloth in the front. So she, the teacher could write in Sharpie their name on there. And it was really, it, it really, they're great. And they, um, I only use stuff I had in my stash. I bought nothing. Amazing. I so it takes. Uh, let's see. It took. I, I think ultimately the sad part was I made twenty five, and I think I only used about ten yards of fabric. I was like, really? That's all? It's a lot of yards, though. I know, but I have so much fabric. <laughs> Just you wait, Jenny. Jenny's starting to buy fabric like a mad woman. It's so easy. It takes up. It's just, it's so much cheaper than yarn yeah. that you're like, whatever, I can buy four yards. It's only $7 a yard and I can make like a chair. A maxi dress. That, yeah. <laughs> Matilda and I can wear matching dresses everywhere all the time. Um, so, you know, or I go to the East Bay Depot for creative reuse and I see like two yards of denim and I'm like, well, I can't just let that sit there for two dollars a yard i'm just gonna take that home with me and thus i had enough to make and so these bags one side on every one of them one side was denim because i had so much denim that i had saved (laughs) but that's awesome because like those are gonna last forever they will last for a really long time um and the kids were super excited about them their teacher was really excited about them um, so, it is way cooler than using a Ziploc. Bag. Yeah, and it's just uh, it's, it's yeah so much just plastic like yeah. the Ziploc bags, and then they just get thrown away. And my friend Darcy was telling me about microplastics in the ocean, and I heard this thing that explained the trash island and the you know that oh, that they talk about. Okay, but yeah. it's better and worse than you think it is. <laughs> That's okay. the thing. It's not actual trash. Like, the way I think we've all visualized it or been sort of instructed to visualize I don't know how I got the image. I really thought it was actual An bag. island of, like, bag, bottles. And-, and that had, like, somehow found each other and, like, floated around. Yeah. But really what it is is the, these things have broken down and changed the kind of – it's almost like it creates these swampy areas in the ocean that don't have – uh, solid plastics, but have broken down plastics that sort of float around together. Um, and the worst part about that is that then sea animals eat them, and then we eat those sea animals, and yeah, The chain of life continues. <laughs> Jeez. Okay. So anyway, all that to say, I wanted to take some, some Ziploc bags out of the chain of the environment. And I did that by obsessively making these bags. Um, but it got me thinking, and I've said this before to people who are learning to sew. It's like every stitch, and the same for knitting, right? Like every stitch you do makes you better. Like even if it's the simplest thing, like it, it's really hard with uh, burgeoning knitters to convince them that like knitting a swatch or knitting something that they're just going to take apart is, uh, is worth it. Oop, we have a guest. Hi, Matilda. Mom, we got some lemons. Oh, cool. Hi, Matilda. We got some lemons. That's fantastic. Can you say hi to our podcast listeners? They're not here. They're on the microphone. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) So, Matilda, has your mommy sewn anything for you lately? Mm -mm. No? I have lots of plants. Oh, not yet. I see. We have lots of plants outside. Oh, plants. Mom. And plants. And plants. Mom. Yeah? I got some lemons. Yeah, they Where smell really good. Where did the really lemons good. come from? A tree? A neighbor? Yes. All right. Hey. <laughs> I think Mom. we better wrap this up. <laughs> Look. Look. One of our balloons are Deflated. small. Yeah. Yep. That's what happens with balloons. What? They, they de- deflate. Yeah. Why? The air doesn't stand there forever. Oh, man. We're about to get a second guest. Uh-oh. Let's see if he's in- he'll say hi. Hi, Hugo. Hey, I listen to your podcast listeners. You want? Yeah, they don't talk to us. We well, talk they, to them. We talk to them, and then they talk to us by writing us notes on the internet. 
Hey. Hmm? Uh, why, why is your computer on? <laughs> because we're recording it. You're waiting? <laughs> why are you guys waiting? Uh, we're talking to the computer, and that makes our podcast. Oh. It, we talk into the computer, and the computer records what we're saying. It's recording what you're saying. Right now. Right now. Everything you're saying. Oh. So we were just talking about how your mom is really interested in starting to learn mom. how to sew again. Mom. Yes? Mommy. <laughs> mom. Excuse me. Yeah, I, I still have that. Um, I haven't done it yet, but I'm going to. Man, you are a tough boss, Matilda. <laughs> so the other day, Adrian uh, was telling me he wants to write a play. Uh huh. And we were brainstorming ideas, and then we couldn't. He couldn't decide on an idea. So first thing he said was. Um, you know, Mom, when Lynn was writing Hamilton, it wasn't his only idea. He had lots of ideas, and then he decided on Hamilton. Then he said, also, you're going to make the costumes for my play. And I was like, you know, that's not how it works. You usually ask someone if that's, if that's what they want to do. He's like, and then yeah. you pay the money. <laughs> yeah, but you're the only person I know who knows how to sew, so you're going to have to do it. To take one for the team, Nicole. I had some good ideas. He rejected them all. One was oh. a, a play called about the Tooth Fairy. Mm-hmm. He actually was going with that one for a while. The other, Think of the costume possibilities. No, and like who would be the bad guy in that play? We had a lot of great ideas going on that one, and that's when he gave me the Lynn line. And then he said, "Oh, then I my other great idea was a, a, a musical called Chewy about Chewbacca." <laughs> There's so, I mean, Chewbacca lives for a couple hundred years. He goes so many adventures. There'd be so much to sing and dance about in a musical about Chewbacca. Yeah. Think of the fun fur. I know. Oh, I wouldn't want to make that costume. All right. Back to the Tooth Fairy one. Yeah. Let's try to sell the Tooth Fairy one. So we're hoping to have a sewing day in a few weeks. Jenny's already stocking possibilities. I'm going to go up and look at her sewing books and try to help make her. Make recommendations. Make some recommendations. But, um... I uh, the next time we come to you, maybe maybe we'll try to record that day. Well, yeah, um, while we're sewing, while we're sewing, or in a break from sewing, because at some point your eyes do start crossing and you start swearing, or by you, I mean me and me. Um, but again, the more stitches you make, the less frequently you end up swearing at your sewing machine. Yeah, I just like the like. What was the first thing I sewed recently? The like bunting. For oh. Matilda's birthday. Yeah. And I was like, oh, my God. Like, just threading the machine and stuff. I'm like, it's really taking me back. Why, is, why, is, why do people think this is fun? I don't understand. But it was fun to see it all come together. I've gotten so into it that I bought a sewing machine from my library and um, had it out one day, and kids were super excited about it. And I hope, actually, one kid said, okay, when can I sign up? I just need the whole month of April to work on, and he wants to make a backpack. And I was—I I thought he was sort of just like dreaming. And then other kids have said, "Oh, has Ian Brown talked to you about his backpack idea?" And I was like, "So this is a real thing." And they're like, "Oh yeah, he talks about it all the time. He's been talking about it for months." And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> oh wow! A little music. Oh no! All right, all right. folks. That, this is, this really is our cue. It was nice chatting with you guys. <laughs> And uh, we'll try to get back to you, you know, sometime, sometime this quarter. Yay! Or next quarter. Bye! Bye!
Oh!